Hello, everyone. This is WSQF 94.5. I'm yours truly, Mac on the Rock. Normally, I do a lunch hour, but today's a special day because a KBKA teacher is running for school board. Her name is Sandra Manzieri. 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 Notice how she learned to put the Italian Z-N-N-Z. How are you today? It's quite a pleasure to have you here on Blink Radio. Thank you, Manny. I'm well. Thank you for having me. Now... It's 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 an interesting thing to go for school board. What what prompted you to do it, and how excited are you to beat an incumbent? I am so excited. I have learned so much, Manny, through this process. Uh, it was something that uh, I, I sort of jumped into. Uh, I'm very passionate. I'm very uh, very dedicated to my students. I'm very passionate about education. Uh, I want uh, the school system to work. I am a product of the public school system. My mom came to this country, a Cuban refugee. We're seven kids. Viva Cuba Libre. <laughs> we had I that was, experience in common. We were seven kids growing up. My dad died when I was eight. Oh. I was the first one of my uh, siblings to graduate from college, to to go back and, and get a master's, to Go well, that, that's an American dream story. So I believe in public education. Public schools was where I found uh, stability and routine. And I loved school. I, I admired my teachers. So I you knew when them. you were in college, you were going to end up as a school teacher? No. It no. wasn't a direct path that way. <laughs> I got married. I worked in the shipping business for many years. I made pretty decent money. But when I wasn't spending time with my little girls, I, I decided to quit and go back to school. So I went back to school to become a teacher while still working full time. Actually, my first job in the public school system was at Mast Academy as a secretary. Wow, so a, a pioneer. <laughs> That's when it was only uh, the counties. Right, it was Mast. like 448 students. Yeah, the conversion of the planet ocean, as us exactly. scanners know it. Exactly. Okay, so now we get to the schism where uh, you've been in other schools before the K-8 Center? Yes, or? yes. I worked at, uh, my first school was George Washington Carver, Little Carver in Coconut that, Grove. All the Key Biscayners went there. Yes. Not me, but them. Yeah. I, um, that was my first job. I was a kindergarten teacher there for about uh, five or six years. Then I had my son, uh, Lorenzo, who's 15. Who's present today. What's up, Lorenzo? What's up? What's up? <laughs> What's up? We hear him perfectly back there. So, uh, and you're on the blue couch for the audience to understand. I have a couch here like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like Stearns in New York. He's got a red couch, curvy couch. <laughs> Sorry, mine's square, but it's blue. Continue. So I had Lorenzo, and then I took two years off. And after that, I went to work for Henry Flagler uh, Elementary School, which is out by Flagler and like uh, 60th around there, Little Havana. Yeah, sure. So you're really uh, understanding the different types of social class students exactly coconut grove was very very mixed it was a very diverse school i loved it because we had every uh we had uh anglos and we had african-americans and we had uh children that were esol recent arrivals i loved teaching there then uh, oh well wait wait let me interrupt you now because mm -hmm. esol is something that uh is not really exceptional exceptional education but in a way it, it is uh Exceptional education because teaching children who already speak Spanish is a serious issue here on the key to teach them English. So I believe that that's a pet peeve of yours it at is. the Cade Center. And a lot of the parents want to hear what you have to say about exceptional education here in Cade. I have a master's in uh, teaching English to speakers of other languages. 
So I usually have a lot of the ESOL students and the ESC. There's a difference. The ESOL are the ones that are recent arrivals that are acquiring the language. And ESC are the students that have uh, a disability or gifted. Last year, I had everything. I had the... Now, gifted sometimes are... They accelerate faster than the others, mm-hmm. so they, when they leave the other kids behind, they have to be separate in a different classroom, and you have to juggle both? Or, Well, technically, the way that it's supposed to work is a child is supposed to be identified, and they're supposed to be placed. But any parent from the key that experienced the process of having their child uh, placed in the gifted program, at least in the past couple of years, understands that it was very cumbersome, it took a long time, and the services were sporadic. In other words, to get accepted took a long time, or to get placed. Placed, for yeah. example, a parent, I call that exception. You know, yeah. For example, a parent would have their child tested privately, and they would bring a private evaluation, and then there's this all this mumbo jumbo that it has to go through through the system, and it has to be uh, reevaluated by a district psychologist, and then you have to have a meeting, and then everybody. By the time the whole process, I had children that it took a year. My so God, that a was gifted, a year. So a gifted kid could actually be a retrasado, could be... Uh, Not receiving their services. And then once they finally received their services, it was a pull-out program that was part-time, canceled uh, often, because that same teacher was doing a multitude of things. So I, I'm, I'm very uh, passionate and very uh, determined to ensure that every single student in our public school is receiving their services to which they are entitled, whether they are the high, high, high gifted student or the student that has severe disabilities or the student that's acquiring a language. All of these responsibilities, the majority of them fall on the shoulders of the teachers. If a child comes in, like happened to me last year, that two years behind, never stepped into a school because of the pandemic. The state says you have to provide these children with a certain amount of time of intervention with this proven program. But guess who does it? The teacher. The teacher. So it sounds really nice on paper and it's really good, but it's tough. Uh, it's almost impossible because we are not uh, we're, we're not capable. Uh, we have a, I had a class of 25 students with all different abilities. I had to, to provide the ESOL service. I had to provide the exceptional student uh, services. Uh, I had to ensure that the parents were aware of the process that they needed to go through to make sure that their child was receiving their... It's hard, and it's and the, all And the on parent our wasn't shoulders. cooperating or just dumbfounded the by... The parents don't know. Yeah, Listen, dumbfounded. Manny, it happened to me being in the system, working with a, a, an outstanding principal because I love and respect Ms. Tarafa very much and I know that she did everything that she could for me and for my son but still it was hard it was always hard it was always a battle because it's the same teacher that's providing the services to the exceptional student is also doing the meetings is doing the IEPs is is making sure that everything uh, is right on paper is making sure that she's providing the service to the student if she's out no one covers for her it's 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 no, and if you're not, and if you're not doing, there isn't someone to say, "Hey, you're failing this regard." And guess what? Teachers are taking enough it's uh, too for much. them to be badgered by a bureaucrat saying, "Hey, you're not following guidelines," and you know the guidelines aren't even effective, and yet you get get really caught in a situation where, my God, I can't be everything to every child because then the whole class falls back, and now COVID makes it 
Even, even worse. So sad to watch. Even worse. Our, and the, all this money that they talk I, about, that there's all this, uh, you know, Esser's funds and all of this COVID money coming in. I haven't seen. Uh, it, it, just, it, it hasn't trickled down to, to the classroom, which is my pet peeve. Uh, really, for running for school board. Really, with, with this board, this board... Uh, sits there in grandstands for 11 hours during a meeting, patting each other on the back on all the wonderful things that they're doing. Uh, and then when a parent gets up there to express a concern, they three have minutes their, and, and three minutes and, and they have their mics cut off. And I've been and, there. That I've, I had my mic cut off and, in and 2014, uh, 13, 14, 13. Yeah. And we, By the very chairwoman who flipped her vote recently, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Hatman, I believe is her name. She's been there way too long. And what do you think about her reversing her decision on the uh, on the valiant effort by parents at school boards to get rid of uh, sexual education in the textbooks? I I feel that it's unfortunate that uh, that this has all been so politicized and that uh, everyone is 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 at each other's necks over over this situation. And I believe that that's where they want us. Yeah, because fighting among ourselves and they get away with they get away because they they're getting away with uh, murder. murder per se, not yeah, of course. because they're basically they're they're keeping us preoccupied with all of these things. And Plus, when you battle when your parents are battling, battling parents, exactly. they're not really battling uh, uh, the, the education of their children. In the, the system, system that is the one that that sadly is failing their children, and that's what I keep telling parents we're, and, and teachers: we're missing the big picture. We we are we are so hyper focused on these uh, social wars that that we're not focusing on what matters and our children are falling behind. You see that beautiful banner in front of uh, the thrones of the school board members that says A plus district. Yeah. Do you know how the state uh, calculates an A plus? I'm sure I'm sure the, the bar isn't very high to get an it's A. It's not very high, but <laughs> but you went to school, so you know that an A is ninety or above. Yes. Correct. Yeah, I never achieved that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think most uh, teachers understand uh, that a, a 90 or above is an A. Mm. But for a school to become an A, just a school, 62% of the students tested in various uh, manners uh, have to demonstrate proficiency. So 62% or higher is an A for a school. For the district, 50% or more of schools are 62 or above. That makes them an A. Wow. And this is what they're cheerleading about. You know, patting themselves on the back. You see Carla Matz praising uh, Please, the board. Please uh, inform the audience. Carla Matz is is the union uh, president for UTD United and Teachers. Of uh, do I assume that you don't pay the union dues? You're not no, pro union. No, I gave myself a raise a long time ago when By I realized. By keeping your mm -hmm. nine hundred and seventy-eight dollars. Nine hundred and seventy-eight dollars a year. Wow, yes. unbelievable! Yes. So it took a lot of guts. Does it? Does it give? Uh, you credence, or do the other teachers look down upon you for not participating? Well, at our school, there are 67 teachers at Key Biscayne K-8, and only 22 are part of the union. Oh, wow. So it is a rebellious crowd in there. I don't think it's rebellious. I think it's expensive, and they don't really get their money's worth. So it's really not a political statement, then? It's just saving the money? I think the majority is just a, they don't see a value. Okay. What has the union done for me? I, <laughs> I don't see the value. I work very hard. Uh, when I complained about certain things in the school, I was told to work the contract. Yeah, that's if you terrible. work the contract, that's socialized big time. If you work the contract, you're failing the children. Yes, and, that's, and that's that wrong. could be your mantra for your election. If you work the contract, you fail your children. And that really that, that <laughs> it really makes sense. I'm in radio, so I understand this, these jingles. Uh, 
things make sense to people when you phrase them that they can repeat. I remember when I was going to media school, not knowing I was going to win this lottery for these, this FCC license, I said, well, let me empower myself by attending a radio school. I mean, I was already older in age, so I walk into school, I imagine the old man in the class, and I got straight A's on all my homeworks, and everybody was laughing at my stuff all the time. I didn't think like them, talk like them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, practically they could be their grandparent in some, some cases. But the owner of the school uh, gave me a diploma in my graduation for the you know, perfect homeworks. And, but before he did that, he came to the class and says, uh, I, see, I hear you guys laughing at all his homeworks in the hallways and repeating and saying how foolish it sounded. But guess what? It was the most effective advertising because it got you to repeat and, and laugh about it, which is all you're going to achieve in exactly. commercials to get people to repeat it. Like, ño, que barato, here locally. <laughs> exactly. We're always doing it, right? So, yeah, these jingles are, are very important. All right, important. so remember that. What was it again? Repeat it. <laughs> and, and you, if, if I work, work the, contract, the contract, I fail the students. I fail the students. Yeah. Exactly. That's your mantra right there. Because and, that, and it's it's unfortunate because I'm not, I want to make it very clear, I'm not anti-union. I'm anti-bad unions. And, and, and anti-contracts, forcing you to teach it in a certain way. And, and. And another thing that the UTD took away from us was the right to strike. So we have no teeth. Wow. <laughs> so well, they they sure striked me one day <laughs> in 2013. Boy, there was a lot of teachers and a lot of parents. Um, and they protect teachers that don't do their job. And that was a, a strong uh, statement for me as a mother. I saw a teacher uh, mistreat my child. Yeah. I saw it when he was on online school. I saw her belittle him. I saw her fail to provide him his services. I saw her uh, speak down to him, ignore him. And when I uh, brought it And this forward, was as a result of COVID that you were able to watch. Yes. And Isn't it incredible I, that the COVID, as malicious as it was and insidious as it was, and the foreign implications where it started, all the political ramifications of it, end up being the requirement needed for parents to realize, oh my God, this system is terrible. This is, is what's terrible. going on. Yeah, this system is not well, helping I had our... Well, I had to, when I complained about it, uh, basically I was uh, told that the best solution would be to remove my child from the of class. Of course, leave the school district. So I removed <laughs> him from the class and he would go to a, a library or another room to, to take the class virtually, like through Florida virtual, which no, they was feel, fine. But they felt punished. The child feels punished. Which was fine, but... Why are we placing adults above children? Yes. Why are we doing that? For 100 years now. (laughs) The system has been at it for a long time. And I wasn't the only parent that complained about this By the way, this is like a little bit out of left field, but Mm -hmm. my my mind always comes to this. Have you ever seen Waiting for Superman, the Dr. Dr. Man? Yes. As a matter of fact, I had his child, uh, Kimball. Really? I had his child in my class. They lived here on the key yes, for a while. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, Billy Kimball. Yeah, and uh, he he wrote the screenplay for the documentary, mm-hmm. and he also wrote for the Al Gore movie too, mm-hmm. uh, in Inconvenient Truth. Sorry, I might be wrong about the screenplay part, but the producers and the guys who got the award for Inconvenient Truth got completely shadowed and shifted on Winning for Superman. They weren't even heard of by the critics. You win one year, but you're against the narrative the next year. Well, anyway, that movie. Uh, was very impactful. I bought 20 copies. I have a signed copy by him. Wow. <laughs> well, I sent 20 copies in this community. Lovely and, family. And nobody returned the freaking CD to me, DVD to me. Not oh. one person. Therefore, they didn't see it. 
or they, they threw it somewhere in their house, they never could find it again. But every time I would ask it to give it to other people, because right, I was- to share it. To share it. It was a very powerful movie. Zero, zero. But I was preparing for what I was about to do. And I just couldn't believe the lack of seriousness that I was kind of wish COVID existed back then because I would it, have gotten the attention because it, it was did, a really, it was a marvelous, marvelous movie. It did, uh, COVID did bring forth a lot of uh, transparency. Uh, when, when, the, when the decision was made to close our schools, it was poorly planned. We did not have- That should have never happened. Because they, they knew that, it, that the COVID wasn't affecting the children and it wasn't hurting them. Yeah, you can always make sense that they could come home with it and give it to their parents. And it parents. was a lie. The social but, distancing was non-existent. non-existent. My class, I had uh, so many children, it was impossible. Uh, we know that children can't keep masks on. Uh, it was impossible. I, I would spend so much of my instructional time, put your mask on, put your mask on, put your mask on, put it up. They would terrible. drop it on the floor. They yeah, would get it full of Cheetos. Terrible. It, My God. And it, it, was it, a, it, it passed around more flus than possibly you can imagine. Now, let's, let's, let's go back to the K-8 Center because obviously this is where the, you're getting your mojo to run. Mm-hmm. You know, the frustrations you saw there. Uh, you There's there's something that I, that I was very happy. It's bizarre to say I'm happy to hear something that I knew was going to happen because I was addressing this in a very assertive and deliberative manner in 2013. I graduated from KA Center in 1977, and I was a GED student, a high school student after dismissed from Belen. So that's my record as a person. That's so mm-hmm. I me being a messenger for the fixing of a public school system. It's perfect and imperfect because I'm not from Yale. I'm not from Harvard. I'm from a person who I believe failed uh, the school system failed, failed. Me, private mm-hmm. and public. Now at the same time, I'm accountable to my own decisions, my poor stu- uh, student habits, and stuff like that. But in the school, uh, the infrastructure school was deplorable because it was the same school that I went to. And then we became a city, and the two larger buildings were built there. Mm-hmm. So when we became a city, the school board paid attention. Wow, these people have actually separated from Dade County because they're frustrated. People, don't, real, people don't realize about that, that about Key Biscayne. People are so development freaked over, over massive development in Key Biscayne that we became a city to stop development. Well, guess what? And that wasn't the reason why we incorporated. We incorporated because they already stuck it to us. There were people behind Ocean Club being built and Grand being built. Mm-hmm. And I was a proponent of those big developments. Cause we need to have the best but the school public system was school left. Yeah. in the entire district. There yes. is no reason why this community pays the absorbent amount of money that they pay in taxes and our building is falling apart. I understand. Okay, this is no, no, let's I be understand. clear for the audience. <laughs> The buildings you're talking about, because I'm really anti the old building being renovated, mm-hmm. part of the of the mast development, uh, when it was being the second phase was being built for mast. I was really against renovating a school that needed to be knocked down and put on the baseball diamond. But you're criticizing the new building, which is basically an old building, new building, <laughs> which is not the oldest building. But I don't know one building there that doesn't have problems. All okay, of them. and I have taught in every single one of them because I'm I'm one of those teachers that does that likes enjoys change and and I, it's stimulating to me to teach uh, one grade one year, another grade another year. That's fine. I I, I I'm good with that. Every single building there has problems. I would say that the majority of the problems are due to lack of maintenance. There are leaks from the roof that have been for years. Uh, there are, they come, they change. Now, the please, for the audience's sake, mm-hmm. when you say this, 
the, the uh, let's call them elevated building and street level building because those are the two the three buildings well there's four buildings but uh, street level is the, the, the the one that has the major leaks is, is, is the new building, building four which is that big building <laughs> okay okay uh, I mean, you see that I've posted on my social media. You could go to at Sandra Manzieri 6 to my Instagram, and I, I have been on a mission. I've been, as I'm canvassing, knocking on doors, neighborhoods, uh, I take pictures of their schools, and I've been posting it. People need to see, and people, uh, parents need to say, I want to go inside. I want to take a look at the building. These buildings do not belong to administrators. These buildings do not belong to uh, the district. They belong to the people, yes. and we should have access, and we... Uh, citizens should be able to see what's going on. I have received calls from parents at Coconut Grove Elementary that tell me that their children's pee and poop in their pants, their children, because they are, their their bathroom is so gross, they don't want to go to the bathroom. I have received phone calls That's from really bad. Coral Way K-8, where they have That's plywood. third world problem in first world America. <laughs> uh, Coral Way K-8, the first bilingual school in the country in the country, which was established by Cuban Americans when they came to this country because they planned to go back and they didn't want their children to lose the language. They have plywood on their windows and they're teaching children inside for the past two years with plywood on the windows and AC, those, those window rattlers. That's unheard of, that's a historic building. Have hardly you seen, any of them have central air. Have Most. you seen Coral Gables Prep, which is in the, in the national Registry of Historic Buildings. Beautiful building. Beautiful building. I have friends that teach there. They said, Sandra, they called me. That's the outside. <laughs> That's the outside. That's wonderful. There are classes in there that don't have floors, that tiles are popping off, that uh, water comes in. Uh, it's, 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 it's sad what is happening. And what I want to, to know is, if there is no budget... If there is not enough money to maintain these buildings, then we need to find a solution. We need to find a way to fix this. Because well, those are not you, safe conditions. They're okay, always talking about safety. But, okay, you, you, almost, you put me in an intersection where it just drives me nuts because I, I know the answer to that. Why wouldn't anybody be against parents operating the, the, the budget of a school to make sure those tiles get replaced, to make sure the plywall comes off. Because that's right not there. our job. That's their job. We but need to I'm hold them accountable. Parents. I'm talking about parents. We the, need the, to hold the district accountable. But they won't do it. We need to. The problem is that you can't get mad about it one day and then just give up. Parents tend to do that. Teachers need to do that. Yeah, but if they're taking they over, a, they have to deal with it themselves. If you are persistent and you are willing to do the work, Change will come, but you can't. Uh, yeah, but what, you when you say change will come, you uh, you're going to be asked this when you're on the dais. When when you expect change will come, are you talking the same schools, you know, year or decades? Because I see decades of not change not happening, and yeah, the parents kind of hard for a parent to have a full time job and be at the school board every day. That's why I want to be that voice. Because I have found that, what is it, the squeaky wheel gets the oil? Yeah. That has been my experience with this public school system. My experience as a teacher, my experience as a mother, uh, and my experience educating parents. If you don't speak up, if you don't say what's wrong, if you don't ask questions, nothing's going to change. It's very easy to sit back and complain, Manny. Yeah. It's very easy. Yeah, that's why I acted. Uh, I am a person that uh, is furious about this, and uh, I did the best I could while my kids were in the system. And you guys spoke up, 
recently at the K-8 Center, was, I made a very important intent not to be there because I know what I would have done, and I would have gobbled up too much time uh, in my hollering, and I was just I would have just been treated as a heckler because <laughs> I'm already a, a participant in this process, and all I saw all this coming. It was It's eight years now since my actions. What is it about that meeting that got so many parents to support you what is it you actually did? Well, an actual teacher, what I did was I was a PTA representative for the teachers, and I asked teachers to please provide me with their concerns. I'll be your voice. I understand that it's very difficult for teachers to speak up. Teachers are afraid. Absolutely. They're afraid because this administrator has uh, their job. that could change them. Some teachers are very comfortable with, with what they've been teaching for 20 years. They Plus, they like being Key Biscayne. They, they don't want to like, be sent to another school. You know, there, there are many things that can happen. So, so they're afraid. But I received notes. I received text messages. I received letters. I received like, pictures. Uh, and I came forth and I presented all of this information during this, the, the PTA meeting where the district was invited School board, our school board member was invited. And when I got up to speak, the current school board member and Dr. Lewis uh, got up there and, and basically uh, Ms. Rojas threatened to, to shut the meeting down because the parents were becoming very vocal. How and, American is that? And she was a guest. Yes. And, and, and many parents. Yeah, she, she took a position of authority when she was a guest. Because, because the parents were becoming unruly or, or being very vocal. And, and that's unfortunate because uh, we, this is a democracy. Everybody should be able to speak and everybody should be respected. We sat there, uh, parents, teachers, everyone, for over an hour listening to, to the information that they brought forth, basically denying our concerns. Yeah, psychobabble. We've been doing it <laughs> With for... With data that was... Uh, that's that, those are those hundred years I've been talking about. <laughs> they, they use probably the same words... From the 1930s today, and they, they're getting away with it because. And the really moment that the parents and, and, and a teacher, how dare a teacher get up there and speak, they became, they didn't like it. Of course. So stay that, in line. That showed me uh, that the system is even more broken than I thought. <laughs> and that's yeah. saying a lot. <laughs> Wouldn't have fooled me. I, I know exactly that. It's truly unfortunate because. My activism and my proactive was really in defense of A teachers. And if there were A teachers, why were they attacking me on not having an A building with all with all the tile and no plywood? I mean, why wouldn't you want to teach in an excellent school? It reminds me of the money that we raised for the Perithian boards that you guys didn't like using. And I said, wow, you know, here is this state-of-the-art thing called the Perithian board. Mm -hmm. Perithian board. There. <laughs> yeah, I don't really pronounce that correctly. That's one of those lip, <laughs> lip issues I have. Uh, and I said, wow, all this effort to raise all this money, and the teacher's telling me we don't even use it. Well, it's always hard to change, and technology is difficult for, for everyone, especially if you're used to teaching one way. I remember when I started teaching, the electronic grade book came out, and all the older teachers were like, Hello, no, you and I no. were taught with chalk. <laughs> they you, wanted your son's little... looking, you know what even chalk on a chalkboard is? I hope you do, right? <laughs> you don't even know what a chalkboard is, so it's whiteboard only for you. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing that the times don't really uh, offer us an opportunity to really see through the lines and see through the forest. You know, we only see the, the front of the trees and uh, the, the immediate uh, what's before us. So once you're on the dais, uh, how do you, how are you going to stay calm when you're six to one on every, on every vote? I know that's going to be hard, but basically uh, I, I have to be true to myself, to my beliefs and, and, and to my, uh, 
uh, constituents. The first, uh, the first step to solve any problem is to understand that there's a problem. Yes, and acknowledge it out loud. And acknowledge it out loud and, and be humble about it. We, we have a problem and we need to work together uh, to, to find solutions. We need to listen to teachers because they're the ones in the trenches. We need to listen to parents because they matter. We no, need there's to- nothing worse for a parent than a child who never got educated and therefore can't have a job and they're, they, right? they get or depressed. Or becomes frustrated, gets depressed, yeah. starts using drugs. Yeah. Uh, we need to put children first. We need to understand that, that this is important, that we can't just say that we are providing services that we are not providing. Parents need to be vigilant and call the district out. Ask your child every day when they get home, did, did you get your Spanish class today? Did, you re, did your exceptional teacher come to provide you services? Keep a calendar. Hold them accountable. Ask questions. So uh, I believe that we need to educate parents uh, so that parents are informed about what their rights uh, and, and, and the rights of their child uh, are. We need to allow parents to, to be a part of their children's education. They need access to their schools. Uh, these are vetted parents that have been fingerprinted and are safe. I'm not saying let everybody come in. If a teacher uh, wants and, and, and requests a parent to support her in the class, I don't see a problem with that. We, 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 I feel like uh, there's this like us against them uh, in the school system, like with the teachers against parents or teachers having like to represent the, the, the system against the parents. You okay. know, like, and and it shouldn't be that way. No we, way. we have to work together. The the research is clear that when a parent is involved and and a a, a child is supported, uh, they are successful. And we need to to work toward that end. We hear a lot about it. You know, they're always saying how important parental involvement is. But we saw it uh, for the past two years: parents being barred from the school, uh, multiple obstacles to allow uh, a parent to enter, and and not understanding uh, the values of this community. Uh, that is so blessed and very educated. Very educated. We're like seventy-three percent of the adult population has a college degree, which is unheard of in the United States. And, and they have the the luxury of uh, to have worked very hard and to be able to uh, volunteer at their child's school. And the PTA is extremely supportive. And uh, it's this is a one beautiful of the most, school. Yeah, this is one of the most. This is one of the most uh, proactive um, money raisers among the PTAs. That's what was so uh, taken aback for me personally was my god you're so willing to raise a lot of money for what if it's not going to go back to your kids yeah there was a million i discovered in a forensic accounting of i did of our budget uh it was uh, provided to me uh by law uh through the enforcement of a judge um i got the actual budget of the k-8 center not the budget that the District says it goes mm-hmm. to the K-Enter, which mm-hmm. is a public forum kind right, of thing. Right, right. It's like generalized. The right. real budget that Mr. Office was seeing. And there was a million eighty-three thousand dollars a year in appropriated tax money generated by its proportion per rate of share of the taxes here was not coming to the school. Therefore, well, we're, we're, a donor, we're a donor community. Well, that's to Tallahassee. And then Tallahassee gives Dade County they less. Distribute. You're right. So that's an excuse for Dade County's public school system to redistribute those million bucks to another school or other schools, but it still leaves Key Biscayne without a million bucks every year. So in 10 years, that's $10 million. That 
would eliminate right there the plywood, the tile, and all that. <laughs> Those problems would have been addressed. And that's, I believe maintenance is very important because as long as uh, our buildings are not being maintained properly, we will continue to but have. But it's there. We it's will continue bucks. to have this problem. And and uh, I can tell you from personal experience, we were short-staffed with custodians. My custodian Lourdes, poor lady, she had uh, calluses on her hands from the work, brutal work that 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 woman does. Uh, and and they, they were it was very difficult to find another custodian because nobody wants to come out to keep his game to work for eight bucks an hour. Yes. So it's, that also it's includes that also includes cafeteria assistance, food preps. Which so is, then why aren't we using our parents? Why aren't we engaging our parents as volunteers? I guarantee you that there are plenty of parents in this community that b- would be willing to come and help monitor the lunchroom, that would help even paint. I, I, I know that I've done it every year uh, to help. You can engage the community to do these things as well, especially in a community like ours. But no, I felt like we were we were trying to keep parents out, keep the community out, and I didn't understand it. Yeah, I don't think they want the parents to see any more than they've already seen, mm-hmm. and therefore their voice gets louder and louder and louder because if you're a parent in Key Biscayne complaining about a public school system, it's very easy to drown you out because the people in Miami, look at them. Oh, por favor, let's yeah. keep it Yeah. Right? Those what the, key rats are so well, You should see our school. Right. And you've already, you've already articulated that. And that's, uh, I appreciate that very much for our audience to hear because, yeah, there's plywood, there's tile, there's kids going to poo and pee in their pants, especially girls because girls need to have a really clean bathroom to go to the bathroom. My God, mm-hmm. guys are practically on the, in the grass, you know. But... <laughs> Uh, a young little girl, my God, thank God she takes care of herself and willing to protect herself from an infected bathroom. It's very sad. All this is very sad, but it, I I just agree that parents are the answer, but parents need to be grab the bull by the horns. They, they do. They actually got to run the They the need to be very vigilant. They need to be very vigilant. They That's where we're different. Involved. We're different because you, you're about to go into the... <laughs> Uh, the deep state of public school system. And I really admire you for but it. But I, I really feel like I can make a difference. I'm a very hard worker. I I don't claim to know everything, but uh, I, I'm a quick learner. Yeah. I, I love to do research. Uh, I love statistics and, and data. I, I love that, to look at data, like look at it carefully. Uh, I think that we really you need bring, that. bring back your shipping uh, company experience. <laughs> yeah. Now, also, you said something about trade schools. Yes. Uh, that we have to change the attitudes that we have about trade schools because you can make a real handsome living in a trade school oh, if, you went, if you graduated from one. I know that. Uh, listen, we need to destigmatize uh, alternate paths. Every student, we're treating them as if they were going to Yale, and they are not. Uh, many students uh, are graduating. My own uh, child, my, my eldest daughter, who went to Mass, who when Mass was very small, received a, a, a very good scholarship to go to a liberal arts school in Maine. She went to Bates and she received a degree in anthropology and then worked in retail in New York for about 10 years because she couldn't get a job in her fields and uh, two years ago became a nurse and is a nurse at UPenn and she's making excellent money and she's very happy. And stimulated. Exactly and loves it and wants to continue. But we need to destigmatize that there are, you know, every child is not going to go to college. And every child that goes to college uh, may not be in a job in the field that they studied. So, in fact, the vast majority are not. 
Exactly. Not to mention the vast majority and the money that the have parents... gone into business where it's just a business degree. You're going to end up being a clerk somewhere right. and learning. You'll learn more on the job than you'll ever in school. The monies that parents are, are spending, the, the debt that they are acquiring. And we honestly, uh, we look down upon uh, those uh, trade schools, trade schools or, or technical jobs. And, and it's ridiculous to me. Yeah, in the 50s when we were much more a whole as a, a value conscience culture, we were all trade schooled. Everybody was a hard worker. I took home ec at Gables. I took uh, uh, sewing class at Gables. Well, I learned how to your cook. Son, yes, as your son, has home ec helped? <laughs> <laughs> Do I know how to cook? Yes or no? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's Mr. Sarcasm. Well, yeah. Well, humor is always the, the best antidote for most things because now you get depressed and stuff. And we and had. I remember we had school auto system shop. will depress you of you. Oh yeah. And how, so, how are you going to? Uh, deal with this. Uh, would you like to return to the station and debate um, uh, Maria Teres or oh, Maria Teres has, Rojas? She has been invited to two forums. Because you're invited here, by the way, uh, formally. Yes, uh, I'd love Federal to. law and communications, I always have to invite the opposing candidate when I do something like this. So, you know, Maria Teres Rojas is invited to Bling Radio for the uh, same type of forum. And are you interested in debating? I would love that. She was actually invited to a forum at the Miami Herald, which we both set up, uh, where we were going to have like a roundtable discussion, and she canceled at the last minute. And then uh, there was a a school board candidate and incumbent uh, forum also in Hialeah, where uh, every candidate was invited, and she did not show up either. Yeah, there's what's really unfortunate about American politics. It's at, at every level of government is that the, the political parties are private organizations. Therefore, This is a nonpartisan race, by the way. I, I'm sure it is. But <laughs> there's nothing to force someone to debate. Exactly. And that's my point. So until there is something, I don't know how that would be imposed legally, that would probably be a difficult, probably a civil rights issue. But not forcing someone to debate you is a real misjustice or, or miscommunication or it's just, uh, it's just wrong for you, you should have the right to debate your incumbent, mm-hmm. the person you're running against. And that's not enforced in any level of government. It's really unfortunate because she's the incumbent. She benefits from her name recognition, da da da. But she never really goes to task against you who are offering an alternative, and we lose in the process, the voter. I agree. So, Listen, she's <clears throat> been a teacher since 1975. She's a public servant, and I am not going to come here and speak poorly of her because she's a public servant. She's She's been there a long time, over 45 years. She worked her way up the system. She started as a substitute teacher, then became a teacher, then became an AP, then became a principal, then became a regional director, assistant to a school board, and then school board. Has two retirements, has a retirement from the school. Good for her. But the problem is that when you've done one thing so long... You overlook the problem. I believe we start to disconnect from what's happening in the day-to-day in the classroom and the people that we serve. That's my personal opinion. I'm not saying that she's a bad person. I'm not saying that uh, she's evil. I'm not saying that. I, all I'm saying is that it's almost like you become institutionalized. You, 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 you remember that movie Shawshank Redemption when yes, the guy absolutely. got out of jail? He could not adjust to yeah. life on the outside yeah. because he was so used to the system. 
I feel like that happens to teachers too, and it happens to anyone who works. And for also, the and also back to your original point, fear of the changing of what you see, and you want to change, and there's major resistance. Exactly. And it's very easy to accuse parents who are proactive to want to change the system and help you get elected and help your you get support can be given all kinds of dirty names to discourage mm-hmm. others from changing anything. So it's like this vicious cycle of mediocrity that even the best among us can't penetrate or overcome because it's very easy to support the status quo, the income, the, the recognizable name. Yeah, not rock the boat. Let's now, just leave it alone. Now but, there, but, but by not rocking the boat, what, what we have seen is our, our, our parents being ignored, our concerns not being addressed, uh, being told publicly in the island, in the Islander newspaper, uh, she wrote saying that 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 the concerns of our community were not accurate. Uh, that I mean, to me, that's it, that's uh, the ultimate form of disrespect when you're 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 not valued, where you're not treated like you matter by someone that's supposed to be representing you. Yeah, it goes back to all oh, those people in Cuba scanning. What are they worried about? What are they complaining about? They've got everything, and that's very unfortunate. Well, it's true that when, when, because we are so privileged, we expect a lot. We give a lot, but we expect a lot. I always tell any new teacher, I'm a, I'm a mentor teacher at Cuba scanning, and I said, I always say, this is the best place, but it's also the most difficult place to work because they're going to give you everything you want. You're going to ask for a pajarito volando, and the parents are going to give you whatever you request, but they're going to make sure that that they're that you're providing the service that you're supposed to. They're going to hold your, you know, your feet to the fire. That and where's the pajarito? Don't lose the pajarito. <laughs> no, like, you know, if we ask for, I don't know, we want cupcakes on a Tuesday or we want, uh, you know, buy me three reams of paper, whatever we need. I have found that this community has been so generous. Anything that I've ever needed for my classroom. Yeah, the, the reams of paper is a big issue because uh, parents uh, just flood you yes, with paper. Yes, and Clorox wipes and antibacterial gel and Ziploc bags. I mean, you name it. Yeah, it's, a, it's really amazing that our, our system, our public education system, has come to this where it's parents so, have to subsidize. Yes, un, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's the, uh, it's really it's really unfortunate situation. And there's a referendum coming where they're going to ask for more money because they got to pay off the previous bond. So now they got to pay ask you guys to extend the previous bond. So tell us a little bit about the referendum. Oh, the referendum is. Uh, unrelated to the bond of construct for construction. This referendum is uh, an extension of the 2018 one that they did to, to raise teacher pay okay. because there's no money for teacher pay. So uh, this referendum is, is going to, it has been approved and will be on the ballot in November to enhance teacher pay and to uh, enforce, uh, to enhance security in our schools. And of course so, that so, has to do with school shootings and stuff like that. Right. Now, uh, None of it goes to the security measure, the hard security measure of the locking of the doors and the windows and all that stuff, or is it just security for it's, manpower? It's very broad. It just says security, so I'm not real sure. I would have to uh, do research now you're on for, that. Now, you're for or against it, or there's something that you want to add to it, or you just want to there's no pro- other way that teachers are going to be able to get a raise. But my question is why, in such a large budget that we have, that was just approved, the largest budget ever, $7 billion dollars, with teachers leaving in droves, with students leaving public school. Why do taxpayers, in living in such a, a horrible economy that we are experiencing right now, where inflation and gas and food, uh, 
I, I, I feel that we are at the mercy of, uh, and it may backfire. I don't know. I mean, I know that most people say, oh, no, the voters will never vote against the teachers and safety. I agree with it's, that. It's a different, if it's a different animal where we're living now, when you go to the gas station. I, I want to give you the answer why it'll most likely get approved. Not only is the numbers have uh, shown that the, they approve these things because renters vote. And when renters vote, they don't see that increase. Yeah. But what own, happens, Manny, if it's denied? I don't what see. Will I, 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 I know you don't see it, but what if? Yeah, if it if, if it, it happens, does, then we're no, going to lose teachers. Yes, we're more gonna more more people exiting. Uh, the the system will get worse. What's the backup plan? In other words, more plywood, <laughs> more tiles popping up. Uh, unfortunately, it's a taxpayer based uh, public school system, mm-hmm. and um, most parents understand that. Look, you know, I'm boss. I pay. I pay this bill. But the renter doesn't really pay the bill. Mm-hmm. It's in high. It's hiding in their rent payment. Right, right. So the owner of the apartment building, of the shopping center, and in the lease case, the, the home, raised, the right. homes, they'll see their, they'll see it on their assessment. And guess what? It'll be minimized to them so that there isn't a revolution. Uh, then there'll be, of course, attorney knocking on your door asking you to raise your real estate taxes on the other side <laughs> of non uh, education, non school board. Yeah, uh, right. Tax. And people don't, also don't realize in Dade County, as in New York, and as in L.A., San Francisco, the big districts, more than half of the property taxes goes to the school. That's a very important point that you bring up. A lot of, of, of citizens, a lot of residents don't understand. You're the one that's funding this yeah. entire beast yeah. with your property taxes. The majority of your property taxes go to, to the, school, the school board. Many will sit there and say, oh, Tallahassee. They always scream Tallahassee and they always scream the state. We need to understand that the majority of the funding for our public schools does not come from Tallahassee or the federal government. It comes from your local taxes. So I could understand why a community like Key Biscayne would be irate because imagine, I know that the property taxes here because the value They're of savage. the property are so high. And a lot of people don't have the homestead exemption because... They aren't voting in the United States. Exactly. They just own the real estate here. Exactly. And because they're non-citizens, they can't apply for the homestead exemption. Uh, there are there are situations where uh, if they're investors with a certain amount of employees and they have a business on the in Florida and they came with an EB five mm-hmm. visa, uh, I believe they they do get homestead exemption. Uh, they meet certain criteria. And That's another problem here on the key that you mentioned is there's a lot of people that don't vote. Yeah. The, I mean, I've spoken to so many parents, and they're like, I'll put up your sign. I'm sorry, I can't vote. So I can't not vote a, for you, yeah. They can't vote because they're not citizens. And a lot of a lot of citizens and a lot of parents have to acknowledge, and it's kind of a rude statement I'm going to make, but I've been here since 1975, so I can make it. Uh, a lot of parents are just here for their children to learn English. And their public school that's system. That's right. They're paying. Yeah, their that's public school system in their countries will never teach them English. And they wouldn't even dare to go to a public school in their country. Well, that's true. That is very true. <laughs> I know because I'm married to a Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, they won't even set foot in a public school. Yeah. It's the, it's so drastically different that criticizing this system must be hard for you because those parents are saying, you should see what it's like in Brazil. Exactly. And that's another hurdle that probably is applying to all of Miami now because we have so many cultures here. So well, many- imagine here. We have very, we have very uh, smart, uh, educated, affluent parents. Uh, Imagine, though, what, what is happening in our districts, right here in District 6, in schools that are predominantly uh, 
ESOL students, where 86% of the population are non-English speakers, recent arrivals. Those parents have no clue what's going on inside their school. Plus, they're speaking to their kids in Spanish. (laughs) Right. The children are the translators. Uh, And I feel sometimes that the system uses that to their advantage to to not comply with uh, certain rights that parents have and children have. And those immigrants who are renting aren't even understanding that there's a school board out because they're not voting on it. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I've knocked on so many doors in in Little Havana uh, uh, up by by the old Orange Bowl. Marlin okay, Singh. yeah, describe to the audience, because the, they're, they're, the people that will be listening to this, by the way, uh, it will be available, this whole conversation will be available on wsqfradio.com. It'll be posted on the homepage. You'll see it right there where all the other uh, conversations have been placed. It's really important that you guys use the tabs that are there, download it, put it onto your phone, send it to other parents. Yes, it's give, so important. Give uh, Sandra the opportunity to to engage with them, and uh, go ahead and tell me your yeah, website. So, so the district, your we- repeat uh, your my website, website is uh, www.sandramanzieri.com. My Instagram is at Sandra. At, I'm sorry, at S Manzieri six. So that's Sandra Manzieri, M A N Z I E R I. But what I wanted to say about the district, it's a huge district. And on top of that, we just had redistricting because, yeah, of, census. The, because of the census. So the whole area of uh, Coconut Grove uh, and uh, Brickle, parts of Brickle, were removed from our district, and they're now part of District 3. And District 6 runs Little Havana, uh, over by where the, the Orange Bowl or the new Marlin, Marlin Stadium. Stadium. And then it goes uh, west. Uh, to about 102nd. That's a lot. It's huge. And then it goes down all of Coral Gables, South Miami, uh, parts of Pinecrest, a uh, part, uh, little part of Kendall, uh, Old Cutler. And then... Uh, in the east of Old Cutler, or does that stay in three? East. And then uh, uh, this whole part of Shenandoah, Sh- uh, Shenley Park, uh, Silver Bluff. It's huge. It's huge. So I, I just wanted to share something. Like I'm, I'm a, a first-generation Cuban immigrant. I was born in California, but my parents came to this country. I've been knocking on a lot of doors. I, I use something called the Web Elect, where I see who are the consistent voters. So yeah. I try to target those people that I know are going to vote. Most of them are in their 80s. Wow. They're very old. They, they remember the good old days. So when I knock when on When value was important, which is uh, you stressed values over indoctrination. It makes me um, it makes me so sad because I think of my mom when I when I knock on these doors. I always thought that she was seeing ghosts everywhere. I always thought that she was a a radical, you know, like oh my god, this is she, because she came from communism. I thought she saw it everywhere, and I would always say, hey, mom, "Oh, I see I, it mom, everywhere." <laughs> please, mom, you're, you're I mom. No, until it's obvious. But when I knock on these doors, and uh, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is. Uh, De qué partido tú eres? Oh, oh. And I tell them it's a uh, no party affiliation. This is a you know for the school board. It's it's nonpartisan. They tell me if you do not tell me, I won't vote. For- I will not vote for you. And it's sad because I I feel like again we're being drawn apart 
because of uh, these political ideologies, but at the same time, I have to respect because they know where they came from, yes. and they are afraid, and they and they and they tell me, el comunismo está aquí, yep. está indoctrinando a los niños. Eh, mira lo que está pasando. Mira el, el precio de la gasolina. They, they, they are scared, and they I, I have had it multiple times, Manny, that they tell me, where will we go from here? There's no country to, to run to. Cubans There's are really no feared place. that they're already on their second country. They had nowhere else to go. And Venezuelans as well. Yes. Very fearful. And um, it, it's just been eye-opening for me that, that, that school boards weren't important. Nobody paid attention to school boards a few years ago. I, I'm sorry. I'm guilty. I, I, it was never a big deal. Until he started failing big time and made it obvious. Exactly. Because of COVID. Unfortunately, they have been failing for much longer than we think. We just never paid attention. We never paid attention. Yeah. Exactly. People are starting to pay it's more infu- attention. It's infuriating because, from my personal perspective, I always remembered uh, someone that I met in my first very hard, hard job working for my father in the produce business. And he was an American Jew. And he, you know, the business is really hard. Selling people fruits and vegetables is really hard. That's what my father made it in life. And... My father used to always say, lo que compré hoy era para vender ayer. Right? Okay. Because it, the, the, the tomato's rotting. Right, right, right. It's right. brand new. Right it has off, to move. But it's already spent eight days in traffic in the tractor trailer right. before it was delivered to him. And he sold in wholesale. And there's this gentleman who used to say to me, uh, you don't really understand how bad it gets until you or a friend is in a food line. And we saw that in COVID the food line, those massive amounts of cars getting stuff put in their car. And unfortunately in America it's even harder because sometimes the bag of food is being put in a brand new Toyota. Right, right. And the person's holding up a cell phone in their right, hand. Right, right, right. The famous same statement, American poverty has a cell phone. Exactly. So it gets only worse from there. Uh, the fear I, is there, Manny. The yeah. fear is there and the people that I've knocked on doors are afraid. They, they, and they're voting for you, knowing that that they don't have the children at school age, and they feel compassionate because they want you to straighten this all out by yourself. <laughs> it's incredible. Well, uh, your closing statement. Uh, We've already been at it for about fifty-four minutes here on wow, WSQF ninety-four-five. I could speak to you all day. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, there's a lot. I of just things. want uh, parents. If you want an advocate for your children, vote for me. Teachers, if you want someone that will advocate for you for real, not like UTD says that they do, someone that will really be a voice on the board, and any teacher that knows me knows that I, uh, I, I don't back down, vote for me. If you want parents, if you want someone that will be your voice, someone that will listen and not dis- dismiss your concerns, vote for me. If you are happy with the status quo, then vote for the incumbent. That's all I have to say. I, I win no matter what, Manny. That's right, because you step no forward. What. I feel the same way. If I win, I'm going to go there and I'm going to uh, do my best. And if I lose, I go back to a beautiful classroom in Key Biscayne. I know you, I know you step forward. I feel the same way. I, I win. And I can't thank you and appreciate you enough because for me, it's been eight years. And to, to have to build a radio station to run into someone like you and meet you, who have actually knew my travels because uh, you were a student, uh, a teacher back when I was doing mm-hmm. this. Uh, it makes this whole public service of building radio stations for people to talk <laughs> rings true. And I'm very happy your son came because 
the, the beautiful part of all this is only in America can somebody from left field get a, an FCC license and build a radio station. It's very, very, very cool. And he's a product of what can happen if parents are involved and a, and, 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 and a, and a parent works in tangent with an administrator and with teachers. It works. He's now an honor student at Christopher Columbus High School. Wait, wait. I got standing ovation for something like that. <laughs> Take, take care, my friends. This is WSQF Blink Radio.